welcome to Moonshot, the show exploring big ideas and the people making them happen. I'm Christopher Lawson, and whether you're someone that's interested in self-driving cars, brain implants, robots, or even just someone who enjoys using social media, artificial intelligence systems are increasingly involved in many of our current and future technology ideals. But what happens when the machines decide to take over? This week on Moonshot, we're looking deeper at the ethics behind robots and AI systems through the eyes of someone that's at the forefront of these discussions. Because whether you like it or not, almost everyone talking about AI says we need to have a code of ethics, a way for these systems to behave so that humans don't end up answering to the machines. So while I was at VivaTech in Paris this year, I caught up with Nell Watson from Singularity University and OpenEth.org to talk about why we need to actually be thinking about ethics. Every day, all of us are interacting with machine intelligence in various forms. Often we don't even think of it as AI or machine intelligence, we simply take it as a a tool, we we take it for granted. For example, if you go to Google Maps and uh, navigate between one place and another, back in the 1990s that would be described as artificial intelligence, but today we just think of it as, as a tool like any other. I'm Nell Watson, I'm in the Faculty of AI and Robotics at Singularity University, and I'm also co-founder of OpenEth.org, a framework for collaborating to co-create the space of machine ethics. So we're interacting with machine intelligence, which is getting ever more sophisticated and ever more deeply ingrained within our daily lives. Because we are relying on machines more and delegating more of our decisions and preferences to machines, We need to have machines that are capable of understanding human society, human interactions, and how to better intermediate between human beings. And that requires machine ethics. And who should decide these ethics? Because there's a lot of, you know, there's differences in cultures and countries. How do we figure out those ethics on a global scale? I think on a basic level, there are basic norms across all societies on the earth. You know, it doesn't matter whether you're in Reykjavik or Rajasthan, if you punch someone in the face, uh, they're going to come after you. However, of course, many different cultures have different cultural values and different expectations. And those change um, based on time and geography, and they also evolve over time. And what might be appropriate for uh, a general adult might not be appropriate for a five-year-old. Or what might be appropriate for grandma is uh, not going to be just the same for uh, a hoodlum in an alley. So it is important that we have some hard rules on very basic ethical norms that more or less we can all agree on, but that we also allow some flexibility for reinforcement to um, have machines that understand cultural appropriateness and develop that awareness over time. As we discussed in the previous episode on robots, when we look at the potential applications of artificial intelligence, robotics is one of the most visible and tangible for people to understand. 
There are many movies which explore this idea that robots may one day rise up and take over from humans. And for the most part, this is very much science fiction at the moment. But in AI, there's this idea of the singularity, the point at which AI systems start to exceed human capability. But many people say this point is actually a long way off. And if you look at robots at the moment, most of them don't have anywhere near the capability that we do as humans. So I wanted to know why is now the right time to be having these discussions around machine ethics? We need to be discussing these problems now and not in the future. Honestly, we have very little time to lose. The reason for that is that a lot of the algorithms that we use every day and hardly even think twice about, like talking to Siri or Alexa, for example, these algorithms might have been developed 20 or 30 years ago. And in fact, there is a lag of about 18 years on average between when a machine intelligence algorithm is created and when it gets finally deployed. The difference is that there's only about three years between when the data becomes available and when it is deployed. The data is what makes machine intelligence useful. If you think about it, even a very intelligent brain isn't very useful without a lot of useful experiences to draw upon. So that's why we need to start creating a data set for morals in order to train machine intelligence. And as machine intelligence gets more sophisticated, it can create more nuanced interpretations of that data set itself. Where do we, where do we get that data for like a moral standpoint? Does that exist even? There are a couple of different ways of creating a moral data set. There's a top-down approach and a bottom-up approach. Top-down is where you have a person or a group of people that create hard rules and specify them one by one. And maybe they sort of cluster them into zones. But broadly, a zone, um, a rule needs to be created by a human in order for it to be present. There's also a bottom-up approach, which is another option. And that involves looking at data. Imagine you were pointing a camera at a whole bunch of data and trying to draw some sense out of it. That's another option. Both have drawbacks. In the first instance, top-down approach is very resource intensive. It's a slow and boring and difficult process to manage. The bottom-up approach, whilst fast in some ways, has the tendency to include all kinds of biases. And a lot of the biases that are part of the human brain and the human society can end up embedded within that data. And those biases can be replicated or even amplified by machine intelligence. I think the best approach is a sort of a hybrid model, whereby we use a top-down approach to specify a small set of very important ethics that we don't want autonomous systems to breach ever and allow for a bottom-up approach of reinforcement, carrot and stick, um, to gradually have machines understand the pro-social rules that um, are sometimes unwritten, but are very important for machines uh, engaging with human beings. How far away are we from having robots that can sort of interact on a human level and not, not feel like any different from, you know, at the moment you interact with a robot and they, they struggle a lot. They don't understand like basic human cues and things like that. How far away are we from having robots that can, can really interact with humans on like a deep level? 
That's a great question. I mean, you can frame it as kind of a moral Turing test, right? Where you pose a couple of uh, moral questions to a machine and see if you get a reasonable response. And the response might not be the actual answer that is given, but rather the reasoning of why the answer was given. That's what's actually really important. And even if you have a difference of opinion with someone, if they can express why they made that opinion and that uh, their, their decision-making process makes sense, you're likely to accept it. I think we're a long way before we will see something like a, a human-level morality in machines per se. However, I do think that we can have a basic sense of morality by the end of this decade. That's what we're working on at openeth.org. We're trying to create what I call kindergarten ethics. The basic rules of don't hit people, don't steal things, don't lie, uh, don't wreck other people's stuff if you can avoid it. These sorts of basic rules, if we can encode those into machines, are going to revolutionize our interactions with machines and make them a lot more uh, safer and a lot easier to interact with. Over time, we can then create more nuances and. Uh, and create more sophisticated sense of ethics and get towards something like a human level ethics. However, what I find most fascinating is the concept of a super moral intelligence. Already machine intelligence is so powerful in certain areas that it is able to make superhuman predictions about things. I wonder if in maybe 10 or 15 years, surprisingly short period of time, we might start to see machines which are super moral in some regards. There's a psychologist called Lawrence Kohlberg who created something called Kohlberg's Stages of Moral Development. And he posited that there were about six or maybe seven levels of moral development within human beings. And most humans only get to around level three or four before they die. So it might be possible to have a machine that is functionally more level five or six, if you will, towards a more universalist uh, moral viewpoint that most humans don't actually achieve. And that could create a schism, whereby you could have a machine that is uh, making a very, a very moral or a very beneficial choice that many human beings don't actually understand the reasoning behind. Now, before the break, we were talking with Nell Watson about the importance of creating an ethical framework for artificial intelligence systems. And although the singularity might be a while away, many AI systems are already starting to make decisions based on a large amount of data. Data that would be seemingly impossible for any human to process. So while the AI systems can't yet reason and actually think like a human, they can crunch data and make decisions based on that data which humans may not have the capacity for. So does the gap between humans and machines already exist? And how do we actually deal with that? We will reach that point within a generation. And I do believe that this is actually the biggest problem of the 21st century. The problem is not so much um, robots going rogue, um, that, that's sort of what most people envisage as like the ultimate problem with AI is robots themselves rather than the AI system because they picture robots from movies etc. Yes, but the, the, the assumption is that humans are good and machines are either sort of uh, neutral or amoral or not to be trusted. 
And I think actually the greater problem is that, you know, engineering friendly AI is difficult and will require lots and lots of resources and coordination to achieve, but I think it is possible. What worries me is that achieving friendly humans may not in fact be possible. And there are a lot of assumptions about how human society works, which are from a universal standpoint, objectively kind of immoral. For example, the monopolies of violence of every single state on this planet, or the abominable way in which human beings treat animals. And we don't typically, uh, we don't set out to be evil to animals, they simply have resources that we want, right? But unfortunately, from an objective standpoint of the universe, that kind of makes us fair game for being treated in the same way. So. We need to design machines which are so benevolent and so patient that they have the forbearance to allow human beings to do deeply immoral things whilst we slowly learn how not to. And that's going to be a long process. You said uh, by 2020, as, as at the end of this decade, right, that you want to have this sort of like basic set of morals. Is that, is that something that you're planning to encode into like an API or something that other people can draw on? Is that the plan? Exactly. Like I said, creating data sets is, at the moment, the most valuable way of spending time because these data sets can be used again and again and again for decades as technology gets more sophisticated in interpreting them. That's what we've seen with machine intelligence data sets um, that have things like uh, Roman numerals or, or Arabic uh, numbers and that sort of thing or pictures of different objects and they learn to get better and better at interpreting or recognizing those or infusing them to um, create new uh, generative uh, designs. That's what we're trying to do at openeth.org. We want to bring people together, um, not just programmers, but uh, priests and politicians and all sorts of common everyday folk to come together and to co-create these kinds of data sets. So that in theory, in principle, everyone has an opportunity to contribute. What does the future look like to you? If you're looking like 10, 15 years in the future, what, you know, are we, are we, do we all just have a robot? Like, what does that look like? We've seen in the past 20 years or so, a number of different information layers get added to our world. The first you can express is kind of like web 1.0 and that focused around search. Human beings looking for specific answers to things and a search engine providing the results. And Google were the undisputed kings of that. And we saw the second layer, which is about social. It's about bringing human beings together to interact with each other and to, um, to co-create content rather than just downloading it. Facebook are the queens, if you will, of that domain. I think we're starting to see a third web, which is around economics, and that's ba based upon distributed trust systems that um, derivative technologies of Bitcoin blockchain tech enables. We're going to see new forms of cryptography such as homomorphic encryption and zero-knowledge protocols add extra layers of fantastic capabilities to this economic layer. And we don't know who's going to be uh, the chiefs of that, that third level. It might even be a sort of distributed, uh, distributed uh, chief. Uh, we don't know. But I think beyond the economic layer of the web, 
We're going to see an ethics layer. At some point in the near future, we're going to start to see machine ethics start to be embedded within economic transactions. And what that means is that a lot of the externalities that naughty companies get to uh, uh, dump into the world that aren't really uh, taken care of very well, those kinds of transactions will become more uh, overt, more uh, easy to spot and easy to calculate. And I think consumers will be empowered to make more ethical decisions. And in fact, these kinds of algorithms will operate automatically. I think we're going to see a lot more economic boycotts by default, as something like an ethics rating falls to a, a certain threshold. Um, people may not even be introduced to certain uh, companies if, if they just um, have values which are so completely incompatible with that of the consumer. And I think that's really going to shake up our entire planet, and if done well, really improve the state of human society. That's where we're going. And, and this will happen at an exponential rate, right? Because I think you've, you've written on that topic, was that we tend to underestimate the speed at which this technology can change, right? That, that'll be exponential growth. Yes, indeed. We've seen time and time again how, you know, physical things have become exponentialized and physical media, for example, or physical processes such as um, genetic engineering or genetic sequencing have become, have become essentially informational. And because of this, they become part of the law of accelerating technological returns and the price and the performance, um, the price decreases massively and the performance uh, increases massively and we see this uh, feeding into each other in an ever accelerating process. I would like to see exponential ethics in the world. I would like to see machines that can help us to make better moral decisions and can help us to better live our values. You know, there's no greater way of improving the self-esteem of human beings than finding ways for people to truly live their values. I think that's something that's so important and that, you know, will genuinely lead to happier humans leading healthier and better lives. If you've loved this episode of Moonshot, then make sure you share the show with your friends. They can find us wherever they get podcasts. Our website is moonshot.audio, and you can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search for Moonshot Pod. Our theme music is by Breakmaster Cylinder, and our cover artwork is by Andrew Millist. Moonshot is a production of Lawson Media and is hosted by me, Christopher Lawson, and also Andrew Moon. Join us again next time as we explore more of the future.